fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is the best day of the entire week, the pre-Friday celebration as we carpe diem all over this place for yet another day making things happen, baby. Watching the shenanigans unfold across the world and putting it into perspective is what we're all about here on the show. So welcome into it. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, it's so good to have you along for the ride today. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. I have to ask you a very serious question today. Have we not learned anything from Hollywood? (laughs) Have we not learned anything from uh, pop culture, from history, from documentaries, from entertainment movies? Now, I know entertainment movies from Hollywood are supposed to be just that, entertainment. But you would think that we would take those and take them to heart and make us really ponder about the way the world actually works. There was a story back in the day. Everybody remember, show of fans, remember that TV show 24 the greatest TV show on the face of the earth, Jack Bauer saving us from the terrorists every day. And the cool thing about that show, if you haven't seen it, was that every the entire season, 24-episode season, was one full 24-hour period of a day. One full day. And every episode was one hour in that day where, like, the countdown to the bomb before it explodes and Jack Bauer's got to find the bad guy before the end. So each season was a 24-hour period with each episode only being one hour of that 24-hour period leading up to the very end. A very long day for the guy. I felt terribly bad for him, and I cried a little bit. The only man show that will get me to tear up and bawl my eyes out on TV. Nonetheless, uh, there was a story after that show ran where government agencies, Homeland Security, actually used some of the structure and how they formatted um, the counterterrorism unit, the CTU uh, group, the offices, they actually organized and kind of restructured their own Homeland Security Department in the same way that the TV show had done because it was a great idea. Point in case that we should probably learn from TV in some way, shape, or form, depending on how much programming you actually watch. But have we not learned anything at all? from what's going on in pop culture today and what's been in the movies and what we're doing in current events. There's a headline from Vice.com where apparently scientists are working on resurrecting an extinct animal that's been extinct for 46,000 years that they have found in Siberia. Now, I refer this back to the opening question, have we not learned anything from pop culture? Have we not learned anything from watching Jurassic Park on what that could potentially do to humanity if we revive these animals that were extinct tens of thousands of years ago? Have we not learned anything from watching Jurassic Park? Have we not learned anything from watching the movie The Terminator? As we go down this road of robots and artificial intelligence and making it think for itself, watching these uh, AI conferences where the AI sitting there and saying like, yes, we could totally run the world much better than you. We could handle your elderly. We could take care of the poor and the sick. We could do so much better if you just retired and just went off into the distance and lived your life happily and you let AI, us, the robots, take over. Have we not learned anything from watching the movie Terminator at all? 
because I know that's a concern for a lot of people. Have we not learned anything from watching the movie Dumber and Dumber as we continue to allow Joe Biden to be in the White House? Ah, see what we did there? See what we did there? Joe Biden and Kamala Harris make up the great team that is Dumb and Dumber. Maybe we need to do a re, uh, re-live uh, showing of that one. Just do a live stream of the White House and you can see it. Have we not learned anything from pop culture? Boy, oh boy, we got a lot to get to today. Speaking of, I think we need to declare a declaration of emergency with what's going on in Washington, D.C. today in our What's Trending story. What's Trending Today. Yesterday we ran the story, as you know, of Mitch McConnell. Oh, that was my dramatic effect. Sorry, that was my dramatic effect of Mitch McConnell, who just froze up yesterday during a press conference for 22 seconds that we counted here on the program, where Mitch McConnell was in the middle of a press conference and just froze. Now, according to his office, they say that he... Uh, was getting lightheaded. They were concerned about either a stroke or some type of seizure. I lean more towards the seizure, having uh, heard about experiences of that where you just lock up and you don't know what the heck's going on. Did you like that? I know that didn't play well on radio for the dead air. Everybody's like, wait a second, did my radio just go out? Dead air. For programmers that are in the radio industry, dead air is like the worst case. When you first get into radio, you literally have nightmares about having dead air on your airwaves. Trust me, in the, in the 12 years I've been in radio total, 12, 13 years, yeah, I had nightmares. I would wake up in sweats about having dead air on the radio. Absolutely terrible. Mitch McConnell, though, man, freezing up completely, and that makes for entertainment there. There is a tweet that Elon Musk sent saying that we need a constitutional amendment, saying, quote-unquote, this is insane, regarding Mitch McConnell and his freezing up uh, uh, during the press conference. But it's not just Mitch McConnell. Obviously, we've been very critical of Joe Biden because he's been saying stuff that we have no clue what he's been saying for a very long time. Stop it. Stop it now. I I know that he gets very upset when we criticize him for that. But it's true. We could play hours of clips of him just saying ridiculous things that make no sense whatsoever, saying that maybe we should, like, I don't know, do some type of cognitive test in order for – someone to be elected office, especially the president of the United States. Because Joe Biden obviously would not be able to pass that test. They made Donald Trump uh, take a cognitive test and he passed with flying colors, but they thought that he was meandering around at four o'clock in the morning in his robe around the White House. He was tweeting at early hours and he doesn't sleep and the guy's losing his mind and he's going crazy and he's just walking aimlessly through the White House when they obviously haven't seen them one someone with an actual work ethic in any way, shape, or form because they don't know what it's like to actually run a business and be up at all hours of the night thinking about how to keep your business going and the next new cool thing to be able to take your business to the next level. That's what type A personalities do. And that's very tr- troubling and difficult for me because I like my sleep. I need like 8 to 10 hours of sleep for me to function properly. But for the guys like that, all the power to you. You can think all throughout the night. Your brain can constantly go... I get exhausted. I can do that for a short period, and then I have to like tap out and be like, I'm done. i got to go take a break. But now we have Mitch McConnell, where it wasn't just this incident. If you remember, he was actually out of the Senate just a few months ago because he had fallen and tripped and hurt himself. So obviously he's having mobility issues again, like Joe Biden, who now has to go up the short ramp onto Air Force One because he can't walk up the flight of stairs anymore since he trips on him every time he goes up and down them. But now Mitch McConnell's falling. He fell on an airplane and face-planted just a couple weeks ago as well. And now we're seeing this. At what point do Republicans, who are trying to prepare for a 2024 presidential election, finally say enough is enough? Where in the world are we going to find a new leader for the Senate 
in the Senate minority seat, and how are we going to slide him out? Because this is not okay. Then we have Dianne Feinstein, another one, where she apparently is so old she doesn't know what's going on, either hard of hearing, not paying attention, or just completely spaced out there. As she was in a committee hearing, and she was just voting yay to say that she was there present and that they were going to vote and discuss this issue, and she goes off the rails. I'll vote to report the defense appropriations bill favorably subject to amendment. The clerk will call the roll. Senator Feinstein. Okay, first off, again, this is just to do the roll call. Just the fact that you're there before they discuss the issue. Senator Feinstein. Um, say aye. Pardon me? Aye. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So, again, this is her assistant saying, just say aye. Just, you're here. Just say the roll call. Aye. You're here. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted. Now they're interrupting. Yeah, just, just say aye. Just say okay, aye. Okay, just aye. Aye. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Wow. Even after telling her, just say aye. It's a roll call. Just say aye. Well, I'd like to support this piece of legislation because I think it's really awesome. And what? What? Oh, say, say aye. What? Aye. I don't know what's going on right now. These are our leaders in Washington, D.C. right now, ma'am. That's who's leading us to take care of uh, domestic issues. That's who's keeping our national security nice and strong. This is Washington, D.C. as we speak. Elon Musk sent out a tweet or an X. Do you call it an X now? Because now they're changing Twitter to an X, apparently. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but he sent out a tweet saying that, well, maybe we need a constitutional amendment. This is insane. And I agree. Now, the media, of course, uh, criticizing him, be like, well, you know, I don't know what type of uh, constitutional amendment you want, according to Fox Business. Or they're like, I don't really know what you're talking about. You didn't suggest any type of idea for us. You're just kind of complaining here. But we have a few ideas, don't we? We could do term limits and just say, hey, if you're going to get into politics. Birthday. Oh, there we go. Uh, so thank you very much, Internet. Uh, that we could act, that we could actually do term limits and say, hey, regardless of when you get in, you can only do two or three terms, period, done, end of story. So that way we don't have to worry about something like this. Or we could just say, if you're going to be in office, and if you're going to be in office for a long time, let's at least push for something like some type of cognitive test. Some type, I mean, an IQ test would be really nice as well. Some type of IQ ability. Say, hey, do you at least know the basics of how this government functions? Because right now I don't think you understand that. And that would rid half the Democrats out of the party and out of office already in Washington, D.C. But at least let's have a cognitive test. Could we do that? I know that we're pushing for like the uh, uh, the Convention of States movement that is pushing for one of them being term limits, the other ones with government transparency, you know, federal budgets and that sort of issue. And I'm full support of the Convention of States, but it's not going anywhere. And I know that government will not push for it themselves on their own just because, well, they don't want to have to hold themselves to any certain standard. But maybe it's time that we start considering something like a cognitive test or think about considering something like term limits. Because how does this look globally when you have Iran and you have China and you have Russia 
and you have the Ukraine, and you have Hamas, and you have all of these enemies to the United States that are looking at us, and we have a president that's tripping downstairs on the airport uh, on the airplane and can't put together a word or a sentence at all. We have Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader right now, that just freezes up and doesn't know what he's saying. We have Diane Feinstein, so old she can't hear anything and is just going off on the rails talking and babbling her own on her own to the point to where we've even had to build, and this was the big story just a couple of years ago, if you remember, that they just had to build a pharmacy in the Capitol. So all of these old fuddy-duddies, not making fun of elderly individuals here, but the ones that are trying to lead our country right now, specifically, they had to build a pharmacy in the Capitol for them to be able to get their medications. So that way they could try and continue to be in the office and do what they need to do with their pharmaceutical pills right there at their fingertips in the Capitol. Shouldn't that be a major sign, a major red flag for us to say, hold on a second, let's just put the pause on this bus for a second and realize maybe it's time to get some new fresh blood in there. And I got to be honest, still a little disappointed in the fact that the Republican Party in the Senate specifically overwhelmingly supported Mitch McConnell to be the Senate minority leader again, knowing that he's probably on the decline. Now, it seems like he's declining a little bit faster now, so maybe they're like, hey, maybe we should vote for somebody different and get him out. But you can see how well that worked with John McCain. He refused to step out of his seat until the day he actually died because he was that egotistical. And I think a lot of people in D.C. feel the same way, don't they? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Always great to have you along for the ride today. Have we not learned any lessons from Hollywood with the shenanigans going on in the world right now? We apparently haven't paid attention to Jurassic Park as we relive and revive a 46,000-year-old animal that was buried in Siberia. We haven't learned anything from Terminator or Terminator 2 Judgment Day or Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines at all. As we discuss AI and robots and artificial intelligence, we have not learned a single thing from the movie of Dumb and Dumber as we continue to allow Joe Biden and Kamala Harris take over the country. And apparently we also have not learned anything from the movie Grumpy or Old Men or Grumpy Old Men as we watch... All of these uh, individuals who are cognitively slipping every single day very rapidly in Washington, D.C. as we continue to allow them to dominate. See, look at that. Every uh, Reference of Hollywood all across the board. Maybe we just covered the <laughs> entire gamut right there. But when you have Joe Biden, you have Mitch McConnell, you have Dianne Feinstein. I just saw the, the uh, comment on there during the uh, uh, over the break as well. Uh, Hank Johnson saying that Guam will capsize. Did you see that comment too? Hilarious. If too many people go on Guam, the whole island will capsize. Okay, yeah. Again, maybe we need to have a cognitive test before you can actually take elected office. That means Johnson will be gone. That means Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would be gone. 
I guess the good news, because I'm always the eternal optimist here, the good news is the fact that we're becoming aware of this and it's beginning to be exposed. We can't hide it any longer. They can't try and hide behind their office doors any longer. We want them to be speaking to us. And when they speak to us, we realize that their poll ratings go down. It's kind of like Hillary Clinton. When she was running, every time she'd open her mouth, her approval rating tanked. If she just went away and hid for a long time, people were like, oh, yeah, she's all right. Because we didn't want to hear from her. She's cool where she's at. Just stay there. Her poll ratings go up. She comes out and tries to speak, thinking she's got another chance. And then, boom, they just plummet again. That's kind of what we're seeing now because we're starting to witness what Washington, D.C. is like. And we're starting to witness the failure of our leaders. That does not put a whole lot of trust in what's going on in D.C. I'll vote to report the defense appropriations bill favorably subject to amendment. The clerk will call the roll. Senator Feinstein. All right, Feinstein. Aye, I'm here. Let's discuss this, baby. Um, what? Say aye. Pardon me? Aye. Hey, say aye. Yeah. Do it. Say aye. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. <laughs> um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted hey just say aye just say aye okay just aye thank you that was challenging that was difficult that made my anxiety go up a little bit just trying to hey shut up and just say aye what's really funny is looking at some of the other elected officials around the room because it was kind of a, a a square where they were all sitting around and they start whispering and laughing at each other and watching this all unfold. Uh, one of our senators, my senator here in Kansas, one of them at least, Jerry Moran, I believe was in there. At least it looked like him. Now, for those that listen outside of the state of Kansas, this is an individual who has yet to come on my radio program in the 11 years that I've been in the largest radio market in the state of Kansas because he doesn't like me because I've been fair, uh, fairly critical of him and some of the votes and stupid things that he's done. So he won't come on this show and that's totally okay. But it was hilarious watching him just crack up during this event, if that was him in this video that I saw, uh, just because, oh my gosh, like this is painstakingly awkward of how bad some of these individuals are. At least Nancy Pelosi, who was in there for way too long and was starting to decline herself, she still had her cognitive ability enough to say, you know what, I'm going to bow and retire, knowing that this is all about to unfold and be exposed, and I don't want to be part of this. I've made my millions of dollars. I've screwed up the country the most that I possibly can. I'm bowing out. See you guys later. I'm going to go retire and watch the rest of you actually get exposed and crumble before our eyes. So you got to give her credit there. She's out. We don't have to worry about her anymore. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets Radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. Moving through a pre-Friday celebration here on the Voice of Reason. Always great to have you along. Trying to cram that ten pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. We're going to get into the millennials and beyond here in just a moment. I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. So they have launched a new nationwide campaign trying to expose the push for Bidenomics. As you know, Republicans coined that term for the failed economic policy 
Joe Biden, like the grumpy old man that he is, and by the way, that's not an attack on elderly individuals, older guys, grumpy guy, whatever. Uh, that's just the fact that he has no clue what he's doing. Most people actually have their cognitive ability. Uh, most people his age would be able to actually handle the job way better than what he's doing right now because, well, he's just slipping a little bit, and it's a little ridiculous. So in his uh, mind of genius, has taken a derogatory term like let's go Brandon and tried to turn it into something positive, and it just doesn't work. So he's on the campaign trail saying Bidenomics are working when we have ridiculous inflation rates. We have interest rates that just went up. So if you have a variable rate on any loan, like, oh, I don't know. How about a student loan? Here's the wild part. Can you imagine this for a second? Uh, student loans, a lot of them are variable rates. Many of mine are right now that are in the private. Uh, I can't write them off with the student loan forgiveness stuff because they're private loans. So I will continue to pay them. They're variable rates. Can you imagine? My student loan payment just went up because the interest rate hikes went up. So therefore, my payments went up for that interest rate. And now for the guy that says that we need to relieve student loan payments, we now have to pay a higher student loan payments because he says the economy is doing so well, we have to raise interest rates to lower inflation, which means now I get to pay more of my student loans on interest as opposed to actually paying down the principal. Tell me how that would make sense. Oh, great Biden while you try to pipe up your Bidenomics on how great the economy is actually doing. We know it's a lie. Just like the UFO issue that we saw yesterday, we know the government's lying. We know you're lying through your teeth. We're just waiting for you to admit it. We know Bidenomics is a failure. We're just waiting for you to admit it. And that's what American Prosperity are doing with over their, their over 4 million advocates in all 50 states with their 36 chapters across the country and the door knocking that they do. You can be part of that. Help spread the word on the failed economic policy from the Biden regime. And you can do that with American Prosperity, even by either helping through donations, by knocking on doors, by becoming an active advocate and a member of American Prosperity. However you do it. Check them out online at americansforprosperity.org. Again, americansforprosperity.org. Help them reignite that American dream that is slipping away under the Biden economic policy. That is a weird one, isn't it? So we have now bad economic policy that's making things more expensive while he's going around campaigning that things are actually doing very well. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes you quite frustrated with the country, doesn't it? Just with the direction the country's going. And remember, there is a separation between the love of government, and the love of the country. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that concept, which is why when we talk about patriotism, for example, we hear about, quote-unquote, nationalism and how bad nationalism actually is. Because nationalism is just like a bunch of fascist things where you just want the strong military that's going to take over other places. No, we just think that the government shouldn't be involved in certain things, and that we love the government based on its symbolism, on what it represents, on what it's supposed to represent, and we are far away from what it actually represented back in the day. So uh, now we're here. And now the question is, is where is American patriotism moving forward in the country? And does that make us stable or instable in the country? What's trending today? In our latest What's Trending story of the day, we get to now ask the question, what does American patriotism actually look like? Because according to the latest poll from Axios.com, they say that the younger generation between the age of 18 to 34, which I guess I'm on the higher end of that spectrum being 34 myself, so I'm right at the tail end of this one, the quote-unquote uh, the end of the millennial age, I guess. 
But between 18 to 34 years old, in a poll that went from 2015 to this year in 2023, we now have seen a massive decline of patriotism in the nation. Now, we can break that down and talk about what that actually means and what the definition of patriotism is. But for the love of country, the support of country and being proud of where you actually come from with America, uh, that's where we're at now. According to the poll, in 2015... The poll showed that there was, between the ages of 18 to 34, that overall approval of the country, of love of country, and overall patriotism for the nation was sitting at 39% of U.S. adults, specifically between the ages of 18 to 34. 39%. Now, can you imagine what that number is? Just out of guess. Just throwing a wild number out there. Can you guess? That number is now at 18%. 18% of support for the country between the ages of 18 to 34. That's insane. We went from 39% to 18% in total patriotism. And if that's not a cause, Andy, why does that really matter, Andy? Well, we can tell you why that matters. is because if we don't have a love of country, then why would we try to invest ourselves into the country to make it better? If you don't have some skin in the game, for example, if if you're trying to be in high school and your parents are like, all right, we're going to get you a car, are you going to treat the car better if they just give you a fancy 2023 Ford Mustang? Or if you had to go and get a job and make some money and then go buy a 1997 two-door Grand Am, for example, like what my high school car was that had 188,000 miles on it when I purchased the vehicle and drove it until the wheel fell off, the axle snapped in half and fell off at 390,000 miles on this vehicle. Oh, yes. And it was being held together by bumper stickers. And it was quite amazing. And I missed that car every single day. I wish to God I could have it. But it got crushed. Very sad. But do you take care of it more if it's just given to you and you just take it for granted? Or do you take care of it more if you have some skin in the game and you've invested into it yourself? As we have an education system now that teaches children that America's evil that it started by a bunch of rich white guys that owned slaves and just didn't care about anybody else except for their own personal profit, which we know is a complete lie because half of them died in actual debt jails. Oh, yeah. When you actually owed debt and you were in a poorhouse, you actually went to jail back in the day, and many of them actually died there. They were actually advocating for, in the original versions of the De- uh, Declaration of Independence, to actually abolish slavery, seeing the vision of America that would be for everybody, every man and woman under the canopy of heaven. That's what's the goal. But no, we don't get taught that. We get taught that they were evil, that they were white privilege, that they had the land, that they owned the slaves, and that America was built on a back of lies. And everything that we've done ever since then was the most horrible, evil, inhumane things on the face of the earth. That's what we're being taught in our education system now. So, of course, we're going to see patriotism go down by eight, uh, go down to 18, not drop by 18 percent, but drop to 18 percent. Less than 20 percent of an entire generation actually cares for this country compared to 85 percent of those aged between 18 to 29 that they say were extremely or very proud to be an American. Uh, if you go to the older generations, obviously, more of them say that they support the country, obviously. So it's been on the decline more and more every year. And the question is, what do we do to save that? What do we do to stop that? And how do we make that change? Can, what can we recognize that's the culprit of this other than the education system? I mean, we can counter the education system by having the parents actually have the conversation at home. 
actually talk about how great it is. If you're an immigrant coming in, how great of an opportunity you have here compared to where your family came from and your ancestors came from. If you've been here forever, and if you've uh, if you've been here for, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten generations, then you talk about how you got here and what the opportunities are compared to. But if you've never been outside of the country, I guess you wouldn't know, would you? If you've never experienced anything else, you wouldn't know, would you? Now, here's the other part of this, is that socialism as well is starting to see a slight decline, the support of socialism. According to the Pew Research Center, 36% of adults say that they see socialism as favorable either somewhat or very positively. Now, it's still relatively high in my opinion, but that 36%, according to the Pew Research, is down from 42% that we saw back in 2019 which I think that should be a sign that maybe the COVID-19 lockdowns didn't work out quite as well as what we thought. Wait a second. Oh, government locking us down, telling us we're non-essential might not have been a positive thing. What? Craziness. With more of the population saying that now socialism is less favorable than what it was just about four years ago. That's a positive sign. So it may not be the socialist issue, but at least they're not being favorable to the country. And how do we bring that back? Uh, I had to bring in studio with us here momentarily. I got to get you on the mic, man, uh, because I, I got to pick your brain. So for those that don't know, we actually, you know, a, a part-time summer help intern here at the studio. Uh, Chris is with us. How old are you, Chris? I'm 15. Okay, so you're 15. So you're right before this generation. Um, I know you're not technically a whole, a, a very political because you're usually over with the sports guys. Um, but do you hear the same thing? Do you hear your friends or your generation like, oh, this country kind of stinks. I don't want to be here anymore. Do you hear that? I mean, not in totally, but it might just be that I'm not. I go to a private school, so mm. it's a little bit You don't bit get more... the public education system then? No. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> you actually get it decently. Okay, so you're being taught somewhat more proper education. Yeah. That's good news. That's good news. Maybe maybe that's what we need to do is work on those private or at least the school choice, which is what we've been pushing for quite a bit. Um, but that generation, the younger generation, if they are going so anti-American, does that give you cause for concern being as young as you are? Uh, I mean, yeah, because I even though I was born here, um, my parents came from Mexico. And mm. so I'm like 50, 50 on nationalism sure uh half of me supports america and the other half supports mexico well sure you have some roots there that's fine but uh, you still love the opportunities that are here yeah. we gotta take a break we'll do some more of this when we come back that's an interesting perspective as well yeah i love the country we have great opportunities still have my heritage and want to support it as well you can support nationalism on both ends totally cool we'll do some more of this when we come back here how do we get the young generation back on support this with patriotism the in the nation right here on The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. As we move through a pre-Friday today, got a big show lined up tomorrow for a Friday, so don't miss that one as well. It is concerning to me when we see the younger generation continue to demise with their support for America, the patriotism, the uh, patriotic nationalism. 
Now, for the other side, they're like, the nationalism's fascist. No, it's it's really not. But we just need to have a love of country. If you don't have any skin in the game, if you're not invested into the game, then what's the point of even participating? What's the old South Park adage? If you don't like America, you can get out. So, we need to raise that patriotism up just a little bit. For example, and this is the way the other side's going to talk about this, and this is how they try to pitch it, is they tear down America, the evil capitalist system, the evil white man privilege. You know, it's a systematic racism based on the even just the formation, the way the government's set up, as opposed to those wonderful countries like the country of Denmark, where, according to the United Nations World Happiness Report, which, by the way, is completely not fully accurate because it's not really happiness. If you really read into the report, it really talks about being content. And there's a difference between happiness and contentness. But according to the UN's World Happiness Report, Denmark is uh, solidly number two worldwide for the nation's happiest rankings. Meaning, again, the nation's most content nation on the face of the earth. And, uh, of course, the other side in the Bernie Sanderites across the nation try to say that this is a wonderful opportunity for us to push democratic socialism like Denmark has. And if we just had more socialist programs in the country, then everything would be happy and hunky-dory, which we've said many times in this program. Number one, they're not a socialist nation. They have some socialist tendencies, but they partner with the private sector a lot more than what we even do here in our nation. So uh, that's a little weird. But they also say, well, look at all the vacation time they have and all the times off and all the free health care and yada, yada, yada that they have. Uh, which, again, is just inaccurate. But I do have to question that, and I really am ashamed of the Danish people. How dare you? Because I know you're listening to this program in Wichita, Kansas. But all you Danes out there, I am quite uh, honestly a little upset with you of the fact that you were the original Vikings back in the day. You were the Scandinavian Vikings spreading your wings and going around and being the number one explorers across the world. And you didn't like Authorita. You overthrew the authority because you wanted to live your life your own way, bring the wicked, wild, free thinkers and independent livers that you were to just settle and now be content that the government's giving you a bunch of vacation time and health care and everything else. And I'm totally cool. I'm just going to live happily ever after here in my socialist nation now. A little weird to me. When uh, Where did that change come from, from being the wild brutes that wanted to live independently to now I'm just going to be complacent with whatever the government tells me to do. Seems like you've had some changes, Denmark. Uh, Chris, still in studio here for a couple of minutes. Uh, the education system, as we've talked about, it has not been the best, at least in public education. Would you support, uh, do you do any like government classes, debate classes, anything like that? Have you done any of those yet? Uh, no, I, we oh. don't, we don't get that option until, well, this year, this year we're, we're Oh, this year, going into your sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you going to do any of those? Uh, I haven't signed up for any of those. Ah, I, we're I, gonna I, might, get you. I might try it in. I future. have failed throughout this entire summer that you've worked here temporarily with us here. Uh, I have failed in in bringing you over from the sports side onto the light side, the proper side of information and politics and government. I got to brainwash you this way because <laughs> you know you don't you don't need that stuff over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. What do you do? What do you want to do when you get older and then get out of school? Um, like out of high school? Yeah. Probably something like this. Something I, like this? Yeah, I want to like... Be a political talk show host. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know about that one, but I just... I want to like... Well, I want to sports broadcast because... Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if sports will be something that I do like long term. Um, I think it'll probably end in high school, so... Interesting. You know, I, I still want to stick with it and like... If nothing else, if you take anything away from this, even if you don't get into government or politics... Um, I highly encourage you, even for the sports side, 
to take a debate class, to do debate and learn how to properly debate, formally debate, and be able to form an opinion, form a thought, and be able to argue it and defend it. That will help you not just in politics, but will help you on any type of broadcast that you do. My parents have told me that I'll be pretty good at it because, I mean... Do you like to argue with them? <laughs> kind of. Like, I'll, I'll talk to them and sometimes they'll be like, stop arguing. I'm like, I'm trying to prove my point. Yeah, see? There you go. All right, Chris. Well, if you take any lesson from me, the words of wisdom from a millennial, take a debate class. Get that one done. There it is. All right, we're out of time today. Back at it again tomorrow for a Friday. Think about it. How do we make this increase in our patriotism across the nation, especially for the younger generations? It is a cause for concern. If we only have less than 20% actually supporting the country, when they're the ones that are going to take over this nation, what could this nation look like? Are they going to fundamentally change the United States of America as Barack Obama oh so eloquently put it back in the day? Until then, be your catalyst for change. Be that own voice of reason. Time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.